the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I'm sure you're listening today because the markets are distressed. They've been distressed for seven days, shrinking the valuation in the S&P 500 from probably about two good percentage points already, from 19.5 times next year's earnings to 17.5. That's rough to, rough estimates, but that's the right idea. So when will we hit bottom? Seven straight days. Yesterday we had record volume. Today we started in the first hour with 17% more than the previous days. So the selling has not stopped yet. Bring on CFP Chad Burton to talk a little bit about markets bottoming, coronavirus, rough seven days. What do you think the future should be? We should be doing now to be better positioned in the future. How are you, Mister Burton? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing well. In your neck of the woods, are you starting to see more um, surgical masks, and are you starting to see people going to restaurants less, or any any real reactions yet? No, but I've overheard people talking about ordering masks. I know somebody that works at Cintas that uh, they're getting constant calls for, hey, can we get these masks? And they're just sold out. So um, that's why you saw bids on certain companies like 3M that makes those types of masks. You get a little bit of a bid on that coronavirus play. When you... you the most important thing is washing your hands, right? Versus these masks. That's the the crazy thing about it. And here's the deal. The, the way that media works too is that TV shows, websites, I mean, they love this kind of stuff because the more they can get you to click, the more they can charge for advertising. And the headlines are scary. I mean, and yesterday the market tried to form a bottom around 10:30 a.m. and then we got that California announcement of 8,000 cases being monitored, and that sparked some more selling. So that showed that we really haven't put in a bottom yet. And then another big situation yesterday that caused you know kind of an acceleration in the selling. We had this Guggenheim Investments Global CIO um, Scott Minard, and keep in mind he's a bond manager and. Bond managers love the fear of the stock market because that forces people into fixed income as a place to hide, right? And he's been in the business a little bit longer than I have, a little longer than 25 years. And he said, it's possibly the worst thing that I've seen in my career. Okay. And then he goes on to say that he's buying as many long-duration bonds as possible on his Twitter feed. So, again, that's kind of that sell-side mentality, right? Yeah. Um, when his bonuses are based on how many assets are in the bond fund, maybe. <laughs> so I can't confirm that. That's just what I assume. So, but the headlines are scary, right? Sure. You have, you have the coronavirus. What is it? There's a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, it's essentially a really rough cold. Right. Right. Which I'm ready uh, for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not saying, you know, knock me up with the stuff, but. <laughs> 
No, I mean, the best you could do is eat healthy, drink lots of water. And I like the Organifi immune booster um, versus like an airborne, but uh, lots of turmeric, ginger, stuff like that. But let me, let me first talk to people that are afraid and they're like, I'm going to cash. I need to go to cash. I need to go to cash because I'm afraid that this is just different this time. The first thing that happens when you go to cash in your portfolio is you lose out on 2% or more of dividends and interest because most normal portfolios, if you look at the S&P 500, no matter if those stocks are down or not, it's kicking off 2% income from dividends that are paid on a quarterly basis. And that's hugely important for wealth building, that those dividends are reinvested on a quarterly basis as you're trying to build wealth, build enough wealth to retire. And the stock market will go from bottom left to top right over your lifetime. There's going to be these blips in between. We haven't had one for a while and got a little bit of one taste of one in uh, 2018, nothing in 2019. And now we're finally getting one, right? And you'll forget about this in five years. So as soon as you go to cash, you're going to have no income. So two and a half to 3% gone that you're never, ever going to get back. The second part is the hardest part. And that's guessing when to get back in, right? Because as as soon as the fundamentals start to improve with the London Iron issue of the coronavirus, which could be some sort of a, hey, the the weather warms up and it's just stopped spreading, or some company comes out with a vaccination, the market will rally so far back so fast, and you're still going to be in shock mode. Oh, it's it's not quite there yet. It's not quite there yet. And then it's going to rally beyond where you sold. And then you're basically going to sit there and look at losses that you locked in on paper and dividends and interest that you're never going to get back. And if it's in a taxable account, you're going to pay the feds in California a whole bunch of money in taxes for your mistake. Right. But it could go to zero. No, no, it's not going to go to zero. Markets Um, go to zero. I've seen it before. What markets have gone to zero besides like a web company that's trading it? You know, I've never seen a market go to zero, but I thought it was exactly. pretty cool. Okay, <laughs> right. So, I mean, these companies still have earnings, and and my biggest prediction of all this, Rob, huh. the death of the handshake. Oh, fist bump. Should we Can, invest no, in fist no, bump? No, 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 not the fist bumps are the worst. Think about how you wipe your nose. Right, you might you know use your knuckles to wipe your nose, and then you're going to go what? fist bump. Well, how are you wiping your nose with your knuckles? Yeah, was, you know, if my nose itches, you kind of reach up and you the top of your hand. That's the worst. Should we, which, should let's we just sell? let's just go to bowing. Like I liked being in when I was in Tokyo, and you kind of see people bow and stop shaking my hand. All right, let's just get rid of the handshake. And this will help stop the spread of the virus. I'll give the first person ten dollars who gets a selfie with Chad and is licking him in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, okay. Let's talk, let's talk about. It. So we got MERS from camels, right? We got SARS from bats. Okay. This disease probably came from bats as well. Ebola. Uh, Ebola. Yeah, much worse scenarios. Ebola is, was you know awful. H one N one was first detected in California on April fifteenth of two thousand nine. Fifteen days later, President Obama announced that uh, our public health officials have recommended that schools with confirmed or suspected cases of this flu strongly consider temporary temporarily closing. So we we haven't even got to that point yet, and we likely will, right? This, and do you and then, remember when people have conventional wisdom, Chad? In these scenarios, it's usually wrong. Like when we had Mount, Mad Cow, mm-hmm. price of hamburger. You'd think I better go get a hamburger now because price of hamburger is going to go up. It goes down. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have conventional wisdom, like I should sell now or I should do this, and it's typically not the right thing to do. Right. I mean, the the best thing to do is look for buying opportunities. When you have a balanced portfolio, you try to rebalance, um, you know, when the fear levels are the highest. 
And and let's talk about the fear levels a little bit because I was listening to um, a uh, webcast by Matthews Asia, and they had Arthur Rheingold on. He's a medical doctor, a division head of epidemiology and biostatistics at UC Berkeley. And he said most uh, 80% of the people that get this will be asymptomatic. They may never even know they have the coronavirus. And most of the time, the immune system is going to deal with it, and then you become immune. And so far, you've heard about this 2% death rate, but there's no confidence in the data. And most likely to die are going to be the frail or elderly or people that already have some lung cancer or heart disease issues. Which I'm good with because they're not taxpayers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, too soon. I was going to go after Prop soon. 13, you know, like, hey, but I won't go after Prop 13. Yeah, that, that'd derail it real quick, wouldn't it? So... Um, yeah, a couple of things. I know the segment's almost over, but we'll talk about initial thoughts about, you know, will this go away click quickly and have a V-shaped demand, or will some of this demand just be gone forever? And I want to talk about Muhammad Alarian, um, chief economic, economic advisor at Allianz. Boy, that's a mouthful. And what he was saying about the three phases of these types of situations and, uh, you know, how long we may be dealing with these different phases. Um you can, find Chad, you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. You've heard the phrase, somewhere between a rock and a hard place. Now we're somewhere in between a correction and a bear market. Corrections are pretty normal. We've gone through many of them in our lifetime, 26%. When the market pulls back 10% from its all-time highs, that's 26 market corrections since World War II. And they average about 13.7% down. We're a little bit past that, moving towards the 20% bear market. But it typically, a correction of 10%, we're back to where you want to be four months later. With a bear market, not quite as, as healthy, per se, it you see a decline of 30%, it'll could take 14 months, 24 months to recover, but it does recover if you believe in capitalism. That brings up another question. We got a president coming down the road. Will it be Trump? Will it be Sanders? Will it be Bloomberg? Um, I don't know if there's betting money on this at this point in time because I think the coronavirus could be a lot like what the Gulf War was for George W. Bush, George Bush, the first one, not the second one. After that war ended, unemployment started to climb, and he couldn't get reelected because of unemployment. What will unemployment do with coronavirus, and would that derail Trump or not? Not. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little bit about what are you expecting? Correction, bear market, quick recovery, not quick recovery? What's your crystal ball tell you? Okay. So, well, first, let's talk about some of the election stuff that you brought up, and yep. then we'll go back to that. Um First of all, there's two things. China is going to launch a ton of stimulus stimulus after this. Man, I cannot talk today. <laughs> so, I like stimulus. Stimulus. That's part of their strategy. Right, exactly. So they're going to launch a ton of stimulus, and uh, because they need 6% growth, you'll start to hear about smaller businesses basically just folding in China because of some of the high, like the shadow banking stuff that's going on. Everybody knows about it. That's anytime. People talk about China, and you say, well, there's fantastic growth opportunities with the middle class. They say, well, what about the debt issues? Everybody knows about the debt issues. So 
there's that thought that as soon as the virus spreads, starts to slow, they'll launch a ton of stimulus because of that need for 6% growth. And then you've got Trump that's going to, of course, he needs the stock market to be doing well. He needs the economy to doing, be doing well to get reelected. So there's, we can't do any monetary policy changes. Interest rates are already too low. We've got the 10-year Treasury sub 1.3%, Rob. Insane. The lowest. We've been doing this together for over 20 years. That's the lowest rates in almost history on the 10-year Treasury. So the Federal Reserve lowering rates isn't going to do anything. So we need fiscal stimulus, you know, shovel-ready type projects. And that'll probably be announced. But that's the other concern. If we look back to last year, when the market corrected 19.5% from September to December, it was fear of the trade war and the Federal Reserve raising rates. Right. Companies were still doing really, really well, and that caused that pullback because of the, oh, potential recession because of an inverted yield curve. Maybe is that predicting it or not? Right. I remember that. Uh, and then everything just reversed. So in nineteen or in twenty nineteen, the market was up. You know, S and P was up over thirty percent, but twenty of it was just regaining the previous three months decline. And then the other ten percent was the expectations for twenty twenty being at a ten percent, you know, somewhere between a seven to ten percent earnings growth rate were the expectations, and that was all coming in the second half of the year, which is now fading because of the gridlock that the coronavirus has caused. Like just things have slowed down, supply chains are, you know, ships are twenty percent full, containers are twenty percent full. So the economic damage is there. Sure. Um and then you put on top of that the idea that if Bernie is elected, it's going to be very unfavorable to the economy and to stocks. So that that in my opinion, I think those two things combined are causing people to really peel back and slow down. So there's a more of a chance of recession in 2020, 2021, but that's okay. It's healthy. It's supposed to happen every seven years because PE ratios were getting a little bit too elevated in certain areas of the market. And it also sets you up for buying opportunities for the next five to 10 years. When you're investing, it's silly to try to say, I'm investing for the next three to six months or even a year. So you're trying to set yourself up for you know five, 10 years at a time. In the first hour, I talked a little bit about how one of my stinking, horrible stock picks is Wells Fargo. It's been in my portfolio for three years. It's done nothing. Yep. Um, So I'm going to sell it, very likely, and then try to buy something of higher quality. Is that what you're looking to do at this point in time? Um, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But, you know, when things are down, opportunities are knock. Yep, absolutely. And let's talk about that because um, there are certain things that have sold off that were already cheap that have sold off even farther. When you look at certain small cap value or mid cap value ETFs, because they have say 10 to 15% or 20% in some cases exposure to small banks, small banks, the last thing they needed Rob was interest rates to go lower. They're going to be hurting for a while, but some of those funds have sold off well over more of the market. And now their PE ratios around the, the combined PE ratios, all the holdings in those ETFs or exchange traded funds or any mutual funds that have a whole bunch of those holdings are in the you know 14. And so you can buy small and mid cap value oriented stocks at PE ratios of 12 to 14 with dividend yields of two and a half percent. Um, so it's, you know, seeing what has sold off too much, that's when you take advantage of, of rebalancing opportunities. But to talk about kind of the phases that we'll go through, the Mohammed Alirian chief economist advisor at Allianz was explaining this this morning. You get this phase one, which is shock. What is this? I'm scared. I'm not going to plan the trip. I'm not going to make any big investments for my business until I know what's going on with this. And then the media just kind of feeds on that. 
with because of the clickbait, right? Sure. And then you get the phase two, which is what we're in right now, which is financial disruption. And some demand is going to be gone forever, like the the, the cruises and the plane tickets. Cup of coffee. Uh, no, not that. I mean, I'm still drinking coffee right now. Well, you might not be going to Starbucks. You might be making it at home, right? Right. So... So some demand will have that V-shaped recovery. Some demand is gone forever, and it's going to take a while to figure out, you know, what's what. Um, and there's going to be some – then next to some of the liquidity issues like the um, uh, repo market, which is kind of overnight lending between large institutions mm-hmm. and some folding companies overseas. And so we're going to have to see some of that before we kind of make this bottoming process. And then after that, you you, you tend to get that recovery mode, that bottoming, and then you're – eventually off to the races again. Um, so I think it'll be with us for a little while. Um, and it's, it's kind of a continued part of investing. Um, and it's okay. You just look for opportunities and when you want to rebalance, most people own lonely large cap growth. Now is the time to look out there and see what's been beaten up too much. 12 bear markets since world war two. They're pretty normal events. We just haven't had one in 10 years. With that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This happened fast. This is the craziest week I've seen in a long time, and maybe the longest time. CFP, Chad Burton, have you ever seen such a whoosh 10% in one week? Uh, I mean, yeah, we just saw it last, you know, 2018, end of 2018. But that was over See, a three-month period, wasn't it? Eh, no, there was some quick days like that. Okay. I mean, it's definitely the worst first quarter we've had since like 2015 i think it was um but we also was just it was just followed up by a 31 percent gain in the s&p 500 so if you look at returns over the last three to five years it's it's pretty pretty decent right you're you're still hitting your financial goals especially if you have a globally diversified portfolio well that makes me feel a little bit better where would you i'm hearing a lot of pundits talk right now and they're like okay let's scale in 25 percent and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I scale in 25% on a Friday because headlines can get really rough on a Saturday, Sunday. Mondays have been tough. Um, where do you start saying let's be proactive versus being, you know, I'm not saying you're being indifferent right now because that's the wrong word, but when do you jump into action? Well, so you jump into action when you have certain metrics on portfolios hit. So if I've got clients that are retired and they're, you know, 65% growth, 35% defensive. And you, we've, we were already trimming towards the beginning of the year anyways, cause the, the growth had gone up so much. Yep. Um, and now bonds have significantly rallied, um, and stocks have fallen a bit. So we're at that point, okay, it's time to rebalance and start buying. And now it's just a matter of, okay, um, what looks super cheap is stuff that's down more than the S and P 500. So the S and P 500 is down, you know, about 12% as of today, but 15% off its high in February. Mm-hmm. So we're already close to that 20% recessionary bear market correction and getting to that, you know, technical buying point. Um, and then it's a matter of deciding, okay, for the next five years, where do I want to overweight? Because small cap value looks cheap. Emerging markets look extremely cheap. And by the way, Rob, if you look at any ETFs that have to do with China A shares, especially on the small cap side, they're positive for the year. And this disease came out of China. 
I think so. Think about that for a minute, or any kind of technology-based China ETF. Um, so there's pockets of things that have done well. Like also, if you look at it, some of the solar ETFs, like TAN, which I don't own, um, is is up for the year. So there's always stuff that that does well, right? You know, my favorite comment this week was, "You should buy Virgin Galactic because there's no coronavirus in space." <laughs> There you go. Well, they're they're launching a cruise ship now, right? So, um, that, that's that. that's been a tough tough uh, trade is on cruise ships, and it's like you, you look at some of them, and you, if you buy a cruise ship company, you have to realize that there's there's they're very volatile, and you see these thirty to fifty percent corrections, and it usually takes about fourteen months to two years, and they're way ahead of where they were, but it's going to be a while before people rebook, right? And that's that's part of the demand that will be gone forever versus a V-shaped recovery. Okay. Um, but, and, and again, so we, we got three phases of this. Phase one is in shock, which we've kind of gone through. Phase two is a financial disruption where you, um, people kind of freeze up and you get the supply chain disruption. And then we'll, we'll probably hear some, uh, some liquidity issues like in the overnight lending market or the repo market that the Fed will have to do some infusions in. And then you get this non-discriminatory selling, which we've seen already in small and mid-cap stocks. And then you finally get the formation of the bottom. And in this case, it's going to depend on the, the, the fundamentals deteriorating, when, and that means the virus slowing and or some sort of vaccination issues. And then you form that bottom, and then typically somewhere between you know seven months and three years later, you're higher than where you started. And so you might as well collect these nice dividends and some of these different holdings that you have. And reinvest those because you're thinking about five to ten years down the road. You know, if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, these are great buying opportunities for you. And if you're in your late fifties, early sixties, you should have already been set up with a portfolio where you don't care when these things happen. And that's three years worth of portfolio draws and cash and a balanced portfolio. And then you're just rebalancing your portfolio and buying on the dips instead of worrying about whether or not you can continue to retire or go into retirement as you planned. So this is this is why you need a financial plan. Um, Let me throw this out real quick, because this is on my brain. Earlier in the show, I was talking to Tony Mendez about Barry Loan Source. He's saying a lot of people are going from 30 years to 15 years right now. Yep. And they're improving their next 15-year outlook. They're improving their financial outlook by using the super low rates on the 10-year treasury to basically open the door for better financial planning, better financial metrics in the future. Yep. Um, so we're talking the same talk. Let's talk about that 10-year treasury though right now. You remember, you've worked with me for 20 plus years. I've always said if the 10 year treasury is under four, and now I'm saying under three and a half percent, you buy stocks. I still feel comfortable with that on a 401k statement, but maybe not on individual stock statement. Does that make sense what I'm trying to get at? Mm, on the individual stock side, well, yeah, I mean, most people shouldn't be buying individual stocks anyways. You should True. be buying ETFs or exchange-traded funds, right. um, so they don't have to worry about the constant research, and and uh, you get a much more smooth chart over time. Let's go to that 15-year loan for a minute, because okay. if you would have had people that they, they took out a mortgage in like 2012, a 30-year mortgage uh-huh. at a really low rate, and then rates almost got good enough for those 2012 people to refinance you know, last summer but they didn't do it. Now they're so low. Those people that took a 30 year out in 2012 can refinance to a 15 year loan, cut off, you know, several years of their loan and have about the same payment. Isn't that crazy? 
It makes me smile. Beautiful. If you're 50, why not do that? And your house is paid off by the time you go into retirement, right? I mean, that's that's beautiful. And we used to say never pay off your house, but bond rates are so low. Mm-hmm. This recent rally to me is a bubble in longer duration bonds. All right. So if you have a balanced portfolio and your stocks have gone down and your bonds have gone up and you're too scared to sell bonds and buy stocks, well, maybe you should be selling bonds and paying off or paying down your mortgage, refinancing to a 15 year or a 10. So it's paid off by the time you go into retirement. And then you don't have that cash outflow. The less outflow you need, the less safe money and the less bonds that you need. So, again, you know, you got to look at it from a tax standpoint. And most people in retirement aren't itemizing anymore because of the new tax code. Um, so that's changed some financial planning. Um, but let's talk about if we still have time, certain sure. areas that are that are down, right? So you've got the S P 500 and the Russell 2000. So the Russell 2000 is your small and mid cap stocks. Both of them are about down about 12%. Small cap growth. Again, growth is outperforming value even on the downside. So it's almost like this, a second huge opportunity to, to get some value oriented small, mid and large cap stocks because small values down almost 15%, Rob, because people look at it and say, oh, it owns small banks. Small banks are horrible when interest rates are really low. The last thing you want to own is a small bank that's really, you know, suffers on their net interest margins because of low rates. But again, you've got, you know, 12 to 14 PE ratios and yields of two and a half, three percent on some of those funds. Now, emerging markets are down 14 percent, 12 times earnings, earnings growth rates and dividend yields of around three, three and a half percent. Um, so again, I still like, and it's, it hasn't been the greatest feel to be in it for the last several years, but emerging markets are cheap. Um, but now to me, it's like, okay, do I want to overweight in emerging markets or overweight small cap value that we're trying to still make that determination, uh, international developed like Europe and Japan or uh, Europe and Japan and Germany, uh, down about 13%. So about the same as the S and P 500, but not a lot of catalyst for growth over there. If you look at large cap value, large cap value stocks like Vanguard's MGV, which I own a little bit of, down about 15% versus the S&P 500. So value got hit harder than growth for really no apparent reason. So it's more of that non-discriminatory selling that we're talking about. Um, And these are stocks that you think, okay, they must be really bad because of their exposure to financial stocks, which are cheap on a price-to-earnings basis and a price-to-book, or oil which is just getting crushed, right? right? Below 50 50 bucks a barrel. And so you look at ExxonMobil and you're like, "Oh man, that dividend is like 5%, you know? It's actually 6.56% of the dividend yield on ExxonMobil now." Right. Um it is. Now, here's the deal. Payout ratio over 100%. So you could very likely see dividend cuts in some of these oil companies. Oh, that would be bad news for them because why own oil if you're not going to own it for the dividend? I know. So you have to kind of be very careful in that. Cause like I, when I look at marathon and Exxon and some of these other companies, it's like oof, that dividend yields, very attractive, but you know, how about people a- are how about trying AT&T? to move away from it. AT&T has got almost 6% and they got no exposure to uh, Asia. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's in so many uh, funds. I mean, it's part of the S and P 500 and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I get scared of stocks that have a pay, uh, payout ratio of over 55%, and it's a, f- a little over 57. Good for you. 5.6% for uh, dividend yield. Um, it's only off 13% off its 52-week high, but, um, you know, it's it's. I think that's enough held in the S&P 500 and other basic ETFs that you own. I don't know if I want to worry about 
you know, where they're going to deal with on leverage and everything else. That's, that's one stock that how much leverage they've had in the past to buy certain companies that didn't really work out, um, for them. So, which is interesting because they do have time Warner and one of the investment themes here could be Netflix and chill time Warner stay at home and watch all the new HBO shows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stretching though. Aren't I? We got less than a minute. What's up? Uh, okay, so, um, and again, this is another issue where momentum-based stocks, that's already been doing well. If you look at an ETF like MTUM, okay. um, which can typically be very volatile, too, in the way they reconstitute, so I'm not recommending this to consult a broker advisor, but that's only down about 7% versus the S&P 500. So, again, you have this opportunity to shift out of some of that stuff if you own too much large growth into small value, emerging markets, and just do some rebalancing. And, again, a great place that you should have been is the dividend achievers type stocks, stocks that have a dividend, but they have a history of raising it. Got it. Those types of ETFs only down about, you know, less than 3% better. You can find chat at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. It's feeling a little crashy out there. We don't have much to cheer for. S&P 500 was down 4.4% yesterday, down 10.7% for the week, plus today's losses. As James Brown would sing... Good God! Good God! That's a crazy week. Historic stuff is going down. And when I say stuff, you know what I'm trying to say. Energy falls 3 4 5%. Momentum stocks like Tesla and uh, Virgin Galactic are falling apart. And then I look, just looked at a chart. Chad, listen to this. Apple's only down 2 bucks today. Just a couple seconds ago, it was like down $0.45. Cents. And I'm like, are they buying back stuff? Is this the bottoming process that we're watching it unfold? How do you like my James Brown, by the way? Good God! Yeah, I love it. It's great. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's that. I think there's going to be a lot of M&A activity because there's a lot of cash on balance sheets for larger companies yeah. with lack of revenue growth. And the best thing they do is they buy revenue growth by buying smaller companies. So you probably see a lot of M&A activity with these low, low rates. Which is, it's good in one sense. You know, you own small cap stocks that get bought up by big cap stocks, and and you get that run up. But there's so few, there's so much less companies coming public these days. It's making, you know, they're all being eaten up by private equity. That's another discussion we can have at another time. But because I love small cap stocks, but uh, let's talk a little bit more about um, what economic damage that we could expect from this coronavirus mm-hmm. um, as a result of SARS, SARS. The growth rate of nominal retail sales slowed from 9.2% year-over-year growth in the first quarter of 2003 to 4.3% in May, but then rebounded to 8.3% in June. And this is all China data. So that's back in 2003. So you saw like a sales cut in half for a few months, and then it rallied back up. And SARS was much more deadly, but this is spreading faster, so it's it's interesting. You kind of wonder if we've actually been dealing with coronavirus much longer, and people just didn't know they had a bad cold, uh, thought or thought they had a bad cold. What's interesting about that is copper, oil, bond yields were all falling before the coronavirus, saying there's a recession coming. They're economically sensitive indicators. Do you think the coronavirus is causing the recession, the likely recession, or do you think it was the valuations and the fundamentals? Wait, do you think a recession that's caused because of a coronavirus validates the inverted yield curve last year? 
I don't know if I have an answer to that. <laughs> I know. You know, it's like, it doesn't really matter. We just go through cycles, right? That's and yeah. so we, we got to deal with this coronavirus. We also have the elections because, um, you know, that's November 2020. It's approaching very quickly. But we also have, um, uh, you know, the, the, gosh, we got, what, 435 seats in the in the House of Representatives. Um, so that's Senate-controlled. Um 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be up for grabs. So even if Bernie's elected, we're still likely to have a divided Congress, right? Which is good. It doesn't mean he's going to get anything drastic done. Don't say even if Bernie's elected in California. They're pulling for Bernie. Well, that's fine. The, the stock market is not pulling for Bernie. I hear you. In I hear you. Any way, shape, or form. So you have to, I, you know, I, I don't really care to discuss who I'm voting for for polit- politically wise. But the thought is, is that, yeah, you know, it's kind of anti-stock market, right? So um, we we realize those fears are out there. Because, so those two things together, we're likely to have this economic slowdown. So you just kind of have to look out there and say, what's cheap? What's oversold? Where do I rebalance now to set myself up for the next five to 10 years? Because likely in 12 to 18 months, we'll forget this even happened, right? It'll kind of be like, what caused that 19.5% correction in 2018? Most people could not answer that question because they already forgot about it. I, 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 I'm with you. One of the, one of the things I'm going to do to get through this whole process is I'm going to support Corona beer because they have an ad campaign that says Corona, uh, coming ashore, Corona seltzer coming ashore, coming ashore soon. It's really unlucky on bad timing, but I'm seltzer, Chad. Remember that was like a growth story last year. And that, that growth story of hard seltzer seems like so long ago. Now we're all about the coronavirus. Oh yeah, last summer was all about white claws and flaming hot Cheetos for, <laughs> for people. So, and it brings uh, up like in in September to nine uh, eleven two thousand one. Yeah. The story yep. in August before September was a lot of sharks were killing people in America. Yeah, people were getting eaten by sharks during the summer. Yeah. The summer of the shark. But anyway, two minutes. I'll let you run with a microphone. Okay, so still love tech and the idea okay. of disruption because that's where we are in the world. Science, healthcare, technology, uh, all coming together. So technology, healthcare, anything that's causing disruption, lots of economic growth will occur from that. Um, again, if you don't own any large cap value or small cap value, it's oh, it's corrected even more than the overall S and P five hundred. So you know, consider that. And even mid cap value dividend oriented ETFs. I was looking at one that you know has a two point nine percent almost a 3% dividend yield and a 15 P so P less than the S and P 500. And it's sold off like 16% in the last week. Um, emerging markets are cheap. All this stuff that I'm talking about though, you got to have that three to five year time patience, but you're going to be earning two and a half, three percent dividend yield in the meantime, in terms of bonds, like unconstrained bond funds, cause they have the ability to kind of use futures and currency forwards to, uh, alter duration and get a higher yield than the overall ag, which is the Barclays bond index. And when it comes to small value and some of these other things, I don't, I, I'm leaning more towards active management because I love small value, but I don't want to own a lot of regional small banks because of rates being low. And if you're retired, this is why you have a plan. If you, if you have, you know, follow my income strategy with three years worth of portfolio draws and cash and a balanced portfolio, you, you tend not to worry about these issues because you know they're going to happen every five to seven years and you know you already have a plan to get through those with your retirement income strategy. Sounds good. We got one minute, Chad. People could find you at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a lot of great downloadables there. People should get educated when there is a correction that might become a bear market. It's not the end of the world. We've been through many of these before. Any last thoughts? You got about 15 seconds. 
These are such a good time to really just take a, a fresh look at your overall financial plan when you're in a state of kind of fear or not knowing what to do or, or you've been doing it on your own and now you're just tired of it. It's a good time to you know start interviewing fee-only certified financial planners that you can say, okay, I need to offload this to you because I need to concentrate on making money and enjoying life. Look at the big picture and look at the opportunities of upgrading your portfolio, upgrading your mortgage, and much, much more. You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of good information there to get ahead of the curve.